0: Welcome to beauty and the yeast uh the podcast where we watch bad movies so that you don't have to uh, i am uh, one of your two i'll go with illustrious again an illustrious co-host uh, patrick de Geist, along along
1: i am scott de beauty uh yes illustrious works i think it, that's about the best description we have for us
0: right now making you illustrious and beautiful That's right, and
1: just you're just illustrious and degeased.
0: Yeah. This week, uh, as I'm sure you know for all of our uh, hardcore fans who follow along every episode, uh, we watched Friday the 13th Part 2 after watching Part 1 last week, and uh, Part 5 the week before.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we decided to start out of order at the request of one of our loyal listeners... And uh, then we just decided we we're gonna go back and watch them all.
0: Yeah, we thought we might as well dive in, uh, grind them out. A uh, quick description of part two: This is five years after the events of the first film. A summer camp next to the infamous Camp Crystal Lake is preparing to open, but the legend of Jason is weighing heavy on the proceedings. And so it I guess does. we can. Uh, yeah, we can jump right in, in like uh, like a child swimming at camp, and start <laughs> floundering.
1: Yeah, uh, the movie opens. Of course, you have your kind of your little opening montage thing. Movie opens uh, with the survivor from the first movie. Um, I even forget her name. Was it Alice or something? Yes, like I
0: believe it was Alice.
1: Okay, so it opens with Alice. She's laying on the bed and she's sleeping, and you can tell she's having kind of a she's having an unhealthy uh, dream, and she's basically flashing back to her encounter with Pamela Voorhees in the Camp Crystal Lake, which I'm still I'm still thinking that that it's still New Jersey.
0: Yeah. Let's go with it.
1: And uh, so she's reliving basically the end of the first, the first 15 minutes almost of the movie are the end of the f- previous movie. It's a lengthy minutes.
0: flashback, like a uh, dream sequence, I guess. Yeah. Cause she's just, you know, she's rolling around in bed, you know, supposed to be having a nightmare. Yeah. And they just, they cut back to like every murder in part one. <laughs> and the final confrontation. So, yeah, it's a long dream sequence. <laughs> and then she wakes up, of course.
1: Yep, she wakes up, and she decides she needs to go make a glass of warm milk or something. Because she's uh, she gets up, goes to the refrigerator, the phone rings, and it's her mom. And she's talking about how she was supposed to call earlier, and but she fell asleep, and blah, 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 and... They pretty much wrap up their conversation, and she goes back to the refrigerator, and she gets an ice pick shoved into her temple.
0: <laughs> yeah, which again, like this took place in the, uh, I think the movie came out early 80s. Like, this, this movie is 81. 81, okay. Uh, did everyone have ice picks back then? Did they not have like ice cube tray technology in 81? Because first movie and second movie, ice picks play a pretty big role.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that, I mean, I guess at, at that point we would have been, if we were playing with ice picks at that point, uh, there was something wrong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's yeah, it's just weird. I noticed it in both of them, like, uh, but, but
1: to deal, to deal with, I guess plastic ice trays that people would put in the free. I I don't know whether that was a thing. Um, I can tell you all I know is that my parents still don't have regular ice cube um, trays or an ice cube maker or anything like that in. In, in their in their house at all so uh they they might maybe maybe that'll be the next christmas gift i get them is just an ice pick
0: yeah that's practical <laughs> useful like it's one of those it's one of those like back in my day things where you know that old people talk about like apparently just before our time uh everybody had ice picks i guess yeah <laughs> not not that i want to derail our discussion of this movie to to talk lengthily about ice picks <laughs> But yeah, okay. Yep.
1: Alice is dead.
0: Just... <laughs> Ice pick through the brain. Yep. Roll then, opening then, credits.
1: Yeah, then you get your full opening credits. And then you open up to uh what was it? Mar- Jeff and I wrote
0: Sandra, I believe. That sounds about right. Jeff and Sandra again, much like the first movie. It's a uh, it's a full cast of young twenty something camp counselors who are uh, uh, pretty indistinct and and just there to die.
1: <laughs> bunch of bunch of horny young adults.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're 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 good looking. They look good in bikinis. And a few of them look good with their titties out when it happens, and then they and they get killed. What you want from a movie like this? That's yeah, yeah, what, it's it's, it's Jeff. Movies.
1: Designed for
0: <laughs> yeah, boobs, blood, bodies—the bodies. <laughs> three B's of good horror. So yeah, it's, it's Jeff, Sandra. They just like pull into town in their pickup truck. They you know they hop out, get to a payphone, call who you uh, assume is the camp to get directions. Uh, meanwhile, in the background, their their pickup truck is getting towed while they're on the phone. Uh, Crazy Ralph makes a brief reappearance. He kind of, I guess, overhears them talking about being camp counselors while they're on the this payphone. Tells them they're doomed again.
1: I told the others they were doomed. And You're all
0: doomed. Doomed. old man, and then he pedals off on his bicycle. And then eventually, they they notice their truck getting towed. Uh, chase the tow truck driver like six blocks or something over to uh it, it was like a block and a half
1: okay and and because i mean if if the tow truck driver really wanted to as well he, i mean he wasn't paying any attention to him running alongside the tow truck or anything yeah. like that and but if he really wanted to he could have picked up plenty of speed mm-hmm. so he wouldn't have been able to keep up with running alongside him and he's calling him names and he's well, you know Yell at him and say, That's my truck. You told him that's my, my truck. truck. And then they get around the corner and he stops, and there's their friend that they are looking forward to meeting. And he's like, Oh, hey, uh, this is Mac, he owns the gas station. And the guy just kind of laughs and unhooks the truck.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was all a prank, all a prank by their friend Ted, who I uh, Ted, I recognize he's. He's one of those weird-looking people, like a like a poor man's Steve Buscemi or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 distinctive facial features.
0: Yeah, he's an actor who, uh, according to IMDb, his name is Stuart Charno, which probably won't uh, have anyone recognize him, but I I certainly have seen his face in a lot of things.
1: And I don't remember him from anything, but. No, that doesn't mean that he hasn't been there. Oh, he's got a
0: such a distinct weirdo face. But whatever, it's just Ted.
1: He looks like he looks like a Lego Q tip kind of guy, though. You know, and like he's so so skinny, but yet his head is like perfect. Like his face is like perfectly round.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he gets he gets cast as like the the nerd or the dweeb, or yeah, the dorky guy who gets picked on. Cause yeah, he's he's skinny. He's got a funny head, ginger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, yeah, he's their friend Ted. They, they these two are going to uh, be new camp counselors, not at Camp Crystal Lake, but like the campground next door.
1: It's it's on. Camp Chris, It's on Crystal Lake, but it is not Camp Crystal Lake.
0: Yeah, which it's nearby.
1: referred to multiple times in this movie as Camp Blood.
0: Yeah, Camp Blood, because of the murders, and all these new uh, attractive, horny young people, they're going to, like, a camp counselor training program is kind of how they make it sound. <laughs> which is, like, they're going to get, I don't even know, a certification or something. <laughs>
1: It definitely seems like they, yeah, like like they're either prepping to become camp counselors, or they are essentially the new counselors for this new camp that is going to be opening up. They they don't really specify which one.
0: No, it, yeah. So they they go to the camp. There's a whole group of them, maybe a dozen, uh, you know, twenty something camp counselors. They have their first meeting with Paul, who like Paul ru- kind of runs the camp. My my favorite piece of advice from Paul was in, he tells the ladies to uh, keep clean during their menstrual cycle. Otherwise, bears will get them. <laughs> 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 the bears will smell the blood and they'll eat you. So uh, c- clean up down south, ladies.
1: <laughs> keep it clean.
0: Yeah. And uh, they do, they they address... They address the uh, the murders at Camp Crystal Lake pretty early on. Like they have a they have a late night campfire, Paul again, who runs their their program. He's telling the story about Jason, you know, that his body was never found. There are rumors that he's been living in the forest all these years. You know now he's all grown up. uh he he you know, got revenged on the uh, Alice and the other camp counselors from part one. So uh, Jason, you know, he'll probably try to kill everybody at this camp, but uh, he's telling it in a way that it's like a scary story around the campfire. Then Wacky Ted jumps out with like a a werewolf mask. And a spear. And a spear. Gets the big jump scare on everybody. Freaks him out a bit. And then Paul says, okay, you know, that's enough of this stupid local legend uh, where, you know, I don't want anybody talking about it. We're just going to focus on... Becoming excellent camp counselors here at—I uh, don't even know. I think I saw the name on a sign. I don't even know if this camp had a name, did it?
1: I don't. If it did, they didn't mention
0: it. Yeah, I don't think they mentioned it. I, I may have saw it once, or maybe I'm crazy, but it was non uh, non distinct camp next to Camp Crystal Lake.
1: Well, we did we did miss to the part where. Uh, after Ted gets picked up by uh, Jeff and Sandra, where they're driving out to the camp and they have to move the tree out of the road because it looks like it was drug into the road and uh, Sandra finds the Camp Crystal Lake sign.
0: Oh, right, right, yeah.
1: <laughs> and and that's kind of when Ted tells them a little bit about Camp Crystal Lake, and then, of course, they get filled in completely once they... Uh, Once they have their big, big old meeting with Mark. And while they're going through all of the uh, stuff, Ginny, who is apparently Mark's uh, friend, we can use quotes on friend there as well, uh, shows up with her ratty ass Volkswagen Beetle that barely runs. And Mark is kind of like, well, you're late. Why are you late? And she's like, my car is thick. So her car's not running right, so they finally try to get through. Uh, they finally get it running, and she pulls, brings it back up to the parking lot with everybody else's, so it's out of the way. Yeah, then they have their fire at night, and uh, Ted jumps out and scares everyone. Then they kind of cut. They cut to essentially just them kind of hanging out in one of the cabins.
0: Yeah, they're having like the shittiest party ever. <laughs> Like they're playing chess. (laughs) They're playing. It's their first night there. Like, all right, let's break out the chess set. Um, Arm wrestling. Yeah, arm wrestling. The one guy is dancing with a dog because the uh, the ladies won't dance with him. (laughs) And they are they are being watched the whole time. They have like uh, that first person killer view on on the camera.
1: Oh yeah, we we did forget the scene with Terry and. The poorly character named Scott earlier in the in the film, too, because, I mean, Terry oh. to, to describe Terry in, in a in a couple in just a couple of words is um, she doesn't wear clothes that fit.
0: Yeah, she's
1: <laughs> she she's like she's like a six foot tall. I, I don't know exactly how tall she is, whatever she is taller than the clothes she is wearing um you can tell what the weather is like when you look at her I and mean, the the shirt barely covers her boobs at all and she's wearing shorts that are so far up the ass
0: yeah uh that she, uh, she needs it, to ask paul for an advance on her first paycheck <laughs> yeah, she needs to buy a new wardrobe because she's apparently been wearing the same clothes since she was twelve.
1: So she's got her dog. It was a little yip yip dog named Muffin there, and they're walking along the uh, along the beach, and you kind of get a um, you you get well you get a you get a frontal view where you can tell the turkeys are done. Mm-hmm. And then you get the back view, and you get you get the, uh, I guess you could call it uh, the the atomic wedgie. And then she keeps walking, and you get you. Then it switches to the killer view, so you have someone behind her, and all you see is some a slingshot get pulled back, and somebody and and it it's it's Scott, the poorly named, dick face named Scott. That shoots her in the ass with a rock. With a with slingshot. A slingshot.
0: <clears throat> That's his way of flirting, I guess.
1: Yeah. That, that and, definitely and, seems like... It,
0: and it is. doesn't work, because later that night at their uh, shitty chess party, he asks her to dance, and she she shoots him down immediately. So he dances with her dog, Muffin.
1: <laughs> yep, Muffin didn't turn him
0: down for, <clears throat> for a dance. No. And then uh, Jenny Ginny kind of schools Paul at chess. Uh, decides to get, you know, she's going to go to bed. Paul sneaks up on her. They kind of start making out, going at it. Uh,
1: which, which I don't understand how that actually happened. Because she's in her, you I mean, she's in her cabin. She's, cha- you know, she changes clothes, whatever. She is brushing your teeth or whatever in the sink. Somebody knocks on the door. She doesn't walk out of the cabin far enough for somebody to sneak in behind her. But when she goes to go back into the cabin after finding that nobody's there, Paul is inside the cabin. So I don't know if he, like, knocked on the door and then climbed through a window or what. Slipped but... through a
0: window. <laughs> I mean, he's trying to get laid. Dudes will do... They'll go to <laughs> crazy extremes to get some.
1: Right, but he could have just waited at the door when she answered the door and been like, ah, yeah, you forgot something at the other cabin. And when she says, what, he could have just been like, me. Because <laughs> that, that would have worked. I mean, if if you'd think that sneaking into somebody's cabin and putting your hand over their mouth as they're walking through the door and like grabbing them from behind is gonna work. You might as well just take the direct approach.
0: Yeah. And, uh, he's, he's her boss too, which is, uh, that's immoral. Let's be honest here. Position of power. He's, he's, he's her, position her of supervisor. Power. Yeah. To trade she,
1: for sexual favors.
0: Yeah, for, out of fear of uh, losing her job or being passed at promotions. And now she's got to put out, which she does. Yeah. They start going at it with uh, someone watching. Someone is watching from outside the window. Uh, you find out pretty quickly that it's Crazy Old Ralph from the first movie. Crazy Old Ralph, the uh, the doomsayer. Doom. You were doomed. He's watching them because he's... Uh, he doesn't want them to be murdered by serial killers, but he also uh, likes watching young people fuck. <laughs> so, you know, he's he's a good guy and a bad guy. But as he's watching them, he gets uh, choked out from behind with a uh, piece of barbed wire.
1: He hears, yeah, he's watching him. He hears a branch snap. He turns around, and somehow the killer has gotten this piece of barbed wire wrapped around the tree and just brings it down over his over his head mm. and tightens it up around his neck and, yeah, garats him uh, with barbed wire along this tree. Death. Which, again, doesn't make a whole lot of sense because there was no way that the tree that he was hiding by was less than six feet tall. And there was no time to actually, like, wrap it around the tree and grab it with the other hand. <laughs> it just, it, it just did, it doesn't make sense. It's It's a pretty fake death there for Ralph, unfortunately. It's an interesting
0: strategy, yeah. You'd have to have long arms reach really high around the trunk of a tree to loop this thing and then drop it over the head of someone else on the opposite side of the tree as you, and then and then try to choke him out with barbed wire, all without being heard. But
1: you know, until until you conveniently step <clears throat> on the stick that snaps to get his attention away from, like if you would have just been watching the 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 young kids fucking still it would have made a lot more sense than hearing the stick snap turns leans back against the tree and then has it come down with both hands from behind him over the tree like it just it's physically impossible to what happened to ralph but that that's just part of
0: my critiques of movies. <laughs> You want the murders to be a little more realistic?
1: I mean, this one just was bad enough to the point where it it wasn't realistic. As we go farther in, yeah, I mean, you could definitely see a lot of this stuff happening, you know, and it would be realistic. But this was just physically almost, I would say, impossible to do the way it was done.
0: Well, let's try to uh, let's try to uh, strangle people with barbed wire. That's our assignment for the week. We'll see if we can sneak <laughs> up on people uh, leaning against trees and whether or not we could choke them out with barbed wire <laughs> without being <laughs> caught. <laughs> Just at random parks and such. and we'll uh I would guess I would guess our odds of success would be low. so i, I think would... I agree with you in theory.
1: I, I would I would say our odds of success would be
0: extremely low. Yeah. So so if we're not here we'll next week, back.
1: <laughs> you know what happened.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and that's the uh, I, I believe that's the end of night one. That's that's how they close on the first night at uh, Nameless Camp next door to Camp Crystal Lake. They cut to to the next day. The counselors wake up. They're all doing kind of just uh, camp stuff. Doing a bit of hiking, some swimming, uh, chainsawing. I think uh, Ted is grilling.
1: Ted, Ted's cooking using random pine bar, random pine branches that just happen to be cut off a tree. Oh boy! Again, I, I'm a, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tackle that one.
0: It's the way. It's a, not a great way to grill up some hot dogs, but yeah, they're just throwing logs. <laughs> Whatever they. They just want to eat. They're not picky. Uh, I think the dog, Muffin the dog, like, wanders off. Um, Jeff and Sandra, who, uh, they're interested in Camp Blood. They kind of try to sneak away. They're going to go check out Camp Blood. Uh, They do find what appears to be Muffin dead. Like, it looks like a dead critter with fur the same kind of color as Muffin.
1: Yeah. And, and when you say dead, I mean, it's mutilated. And like, they yeah. can't even identify if it was actually muffin or not. But yes, you do see Terry running along the beach or kind of along in, the trails there in half a one. shirt. Yeah. Again, half half a shirt, half a pair of shorts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And she's looking for her dog. Jeff and Sandra are uh, sneaking into Camp Blood, a.k.a. Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, they are being watched the entire time. Again, they have a bit of a... Uh, they're going for the jump scare. They have, a, you know, someone grab them from behind. Uh, turns out, just a cop. Who's just... The local law enforcement. Yep, busting them for trespassing. Uh, the cop takes them back to Paul. Says, Paul, you you know, you can't let your counselors over here. What, what are you going to do to punish these guys? Uh, not much, apparently.
1: Paul says... Uh, no seconds for dessert he tells he tells Ginny to make sure that jeff and sander don't get seconds on dessert that is their punishment and of course he's pretending to be all smug with the police officer while he's doing that the local sheriff
0: yeah he's he's pretty proud of uh, not cooperating with the sheriff so the the sheriff just like gets annoyed kind of looks pissed off but Storms out of there. Yeah.
1: Storms out. He's driving off. And they cut to the sheriff driving back to apparently to the police station. And he sees a guy, something in blue coveralls and runs across the road in front of him. So, of course, he stops and has the the worst low speed chase ever. This is worse than OJ (laughs) in the Bronco. I mean, like the cop is barely running, but he's running apparently so out of control that he's running into trees and whoever is running out in front of him is running, you know, barely jogging along through the woods. And this guy's looks like he's running full speed and runs through the puddle and eventually comes to this weird ramshackle cabin in the woods. And he's, uh, cop the the sheriff goes in and he's kind of looking around. and I don't kind of again, this is something that I don't really understand, but if you're a police officer and you're in a suspicious situation where you may have to defend yourself, you don't draw your weapon because every show that I've seen with the, you know with any sort of, situation like that the first things that the cops do before they even enter the building is draw their weapon but not this cop this guy is definitely one of the keystone cops so he's going in he's in there he's searching around and he opens up this curtain to reveal this raggedy ass toilet then kind of slams open this other door he has to he has to work to get this other door open and you never see what he saw inside because but he
0: looks spooked
1: yes he's definitely spooked uh you know, like he definitely has shock and awe on his face but at the same time you see somebody behind him with a claw hammer and that claw hammer gets buried in the back of his skull yeah and
0: there's Dead cop. <laughs> death number, uh, I think that's death number three, if we don't count any of the flashbacks. Uh, yeah, we lost Alice, Crazy Ralph, dead cop now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, if you don't count, but Alice was a flashback, but yeah. But third third death that has, did not happen in the first movie.
0: Yes. Yeah. And they uh, they go back to camp. I believe it's that night again. Now, uh, some of the counselors they decide they're going to go to town. They want to let loose, have a little bit of a party at the local bar. Some of them decide, hey, they're going to stay back.
1: Paul, yeah, uh, Paul. Paul says, yeah, this is the last night you have that's free. If you want to go into town and go to the bar, you're free unless your name is Jeff or San- Jeff or Sandra. They are stuck back at the camp. That is their punishment: is that they cannot leave the campground.
0: And uh, just uh, just a few of them go going to town. It's Ted, it ends, the the weird looking guy.
1: Yeah, it ends up just being Ted, Paul, and
0: Ginny. Yeah, Ted, Paul, and Ginny going to town. The rest stay behind. Uh,
1: of the of the named characters for this movie are are the those are the three that go out to the bar. Everybody else decides to stay home uh, because Mark is just like, well, nobody wants a guy in a wheelchair at a bar.
0: Oh, yeah. Mark is wheelchair guy. (laughs) He's wheelchair camp counselor.
1: (laughs) And uh, Terry says she's going to stay back and look for Muffin because Muffin still hasn't come back yet. So that immediately brings asshole Scott back to the camp, too. He's not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, he's like, if Terry's not going, I guess I'll stay behind, too. And
1: uh, the last one, Virginia, I think her name was.
0: Mark, I think it was Vicky.
1: Vicky? Vicky, Virginia? Something like that.
0: The one who tries to hook up with Mark? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. She decides that she's going to stay, too, because she wants to hook up with Mark.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and like you mentioned, Terry, Terry wants to look for her dog. Uh, And maybe shirts that fit her more appropriately once she finds her dog. But uh, until then, she's going to go skinny dipping. (laughs) Yeah. Not too worried about Muffin.
1: What better place to look for the dog than in the lake naked?
0: Again, which is fine with me. Like, Terry is uh, pretty fit, we'll say. She strips down, decides to go skinny dipping in the middle of the night uh, by herself.
1: Yeah, and if you haven't seen Jaws, typically bad things happen to people who go skinny
0: dipping. Yeah, but she's got uh, she's got some great bees, we'll say, of the three bees. <laughs> uh, back at the main ha- camp house, I guess it's the, uh, I don't even know if it's the main bunkhouse, the main lodge, whatever, but everybody's trying to get laid, right?
1: The social cabin. We'll call it the social cabin. That works, yeah. That works best.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wheelchair, uh, wheelchair, Mark is arm wrestling with Jeff, Jeff uh, until Sandra like seduces Jeff. They're gonna go upstairs, get it on. Then I think it's Vicky starts aggressively hitting on wheelchair, Mark, and they kind yeah. of cut back and forth to the three of them, right? Like and like she's she's going after him hardcore.
1: Oh, she's <laughs> offering him weed. She's yeah. I mean the the as socially awkward as I am in this kind of stuff, even I could see that she was trying to get, get it on with him.
0: Yeah, because I mean, at some point she says something like, uh, "Like, so is it just your legs that don't work? And then like stares at his crotch. <laughs> like, oh, you'd like this penis, eh? <laughs> stares,
1: stares at his crotch while slowly licking her lips.
0: <laughs> yep. It's all right. She's uh, She knows what she wants, and she's going to get it. She wants Mark yeah. to, uh, I guess, give her a ride. I, and, and Not on a th- chair.
1: I think the final part about it was when she offers to arm wrestle, and he's like, oh, what does the winner get? And she, she says, to choose the position. I think that's when he finally understood what she was after. Yeah. <laughs> Because there, there was, there was like three or four different things, uh, that that were uh, hinted at before she pretty much laid it all on the table.
0: Yeah, she's she's all in. Everybody's all in. Like, and they're they're cutting back to the the couples each trying to score. Uh, Terry Terry's skinny dipping. Uh, the, Scott sneaks up, kind of steals her clothes. While she's skinny dipping, so uh, she she gets out. Notice, notices shortly after, kind of chases him half naked through the forest. Uh, Scott runs into a like a like a snare trap, I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's a snare, <laughs> the kind that, that, where the rope loops around your foot and like the tr- a tree whips you up, so you're hanging upside down in the air. <laughs> yep. And Terry says that she, you know, he's like, you got to, you know. Just, do something, Terry. You got to help me get down. So she's like, okay, I'll go get a knife or whatever. I have so, to go, uh,
1: yeah, I'll go back to my cabin and get a knife, which takes her forever to find a knife.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, he's just hanging inverted upside down from a tree.
1: Yep. And you Went see, down, uh, you see uh, just this machete kind of flash in front of him and slit his throat.
0: Yep. Goodbye, Scott. Not you.
1: Yeah, no. It's not me, but it felt like it could have been. It hurt. Anytime anybody named Scott dies in a movie, I feel like I die a little bit inside.
0: (laughs) Not really. And it feels bad, too, because, uh, like, Scott was, like, just about everybody else was having good odds hooking up, except for Scott. He had to settle for Muffin the Dog.
1: He probably would have had to settle for Muffin the dog. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah if he had lived any longer, if he wanted to uh, to get any action, do the old peanut butter trick or whatever. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Terry Terry eventually finds a pocket knife, goes back to where Scott is hanging inverted, does the old thing where she talks to him a little bit, you know, doesn't notice anything's wrong. Okay, I'm back, you know, I'm going to cut you down, Scott. You know, spins him around to see his face. Then you see that uh, his neck's been, uh, his throat's been slit. He's dead. And do, do they show her die? Or does she just scream? She, the only thing I remember is her just screaming and
1: running off into the woods.
0: Yeah, I remember that too. Like, she screams, she runs off.
1: But I don't ever remember seeing her die, her seeing her death at all.
0: Yeah, she's got that. She, you know, she takes a few step away, a few steps away. Then she's got that terrified look on her face like she just bumped into the killer. And stops. And then, yeah, they never show her again. So I just assume she dies at that moment. Because they never show a body. <laughs> nope. Nope. They
1: didn't show anything.
0: But she's never back in the movie, so we'll we'll count that as her death scene. Yeah, which is too bad because uh, she was pretty hot. <laughs> she, you could have let her go swimming one more uh, one more night or something.
1: <laughs> so yeah, then they cut to uh, Jeff and Sandra up in the room, and uh, yeah, they're. Doing what young horny camp counselors that are about to die in a horror movie do, and uh, they get done, they get done fucking, and it's like you see, um, I guess, no, actually, no, I have it backwards, cause v- Vicky or whatever her name is. Decides that she's got to go back to her cabin. There, her and Mark are going to find a, 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 an empty cabin to uh, to go get it on because uh, Jeff and Sandra are upstairs in their cabin <laughs> in Mark's actual cabin because Mark and Jeff are sharing a cabin. So Vicky goes back to her cabin.
0: She goes Besides, to get her fucking panties.
1: <laughs> decides to get her lucky underwear.
0: Yeah, these will steal the deal.
1: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she, at at this point, you, some, something makes a noise and Mark goes outside and gets clobbered in the face with the machete. So he's dead.
0: And then, then he just rolls down like the stairs. <laughs> yeah, he rolls he rolls backwards down the stairs. I thought
1: pretty, I thought we were gonna relive the scene from Mac and me there for yeah. a minute.
0: <laughs> yeah, roll down and launch up a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty out of control. It was funny too, because he's got like the I guess machete embedded in his skull, just rolling yeah. out of control down the stairs while uh Vicky is getting her lucky panties on and and perfuming her cooch. <laughs> she put perfume everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And then she goes back, uh, all horny. She wants some mark in her life. Yep. She uh, she goes back to the uh, main lodge, I guess. <sighs> Actually, yeah. no. That's the, the, this is the, where this is where Jeff and Sandra get killed because. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because uh, you, you see uh, whoever is the killer at this point. We don't know. We haven't seen any identify an identification for it. But you see a go and grab the spear and uh, take the mask off the spear and just throw it on the stairs. Because Ted leaned it in the corner there when he dumped it the first night. Goes upstairs, uh, sneaks up. Of course, Sandra, last minute, sees the fact that they're about to get killed, and screams, and the spear goes through both of them all the way to the floor.
0: Yeah, they're laying on on each other.
1: Yeah, that's when Vicky comes back in and uh, goes upstairs, because she's looking for Mark, but she can't find Mark, so she thinks she may have gone upstairs, goes to Jeff and Sandra's room, and looks in, and sees Two forms in the bed, so she thinks, "Okay, well, this is, uh, you know, they're they're sleeping. I'm going to wake them up see if they've seen Mark." And all of a sudden, uh, potato-headed Jason jumps out of the bed <laughs> and uh, sli- sliced her in the leg. So Was she it like a of,
0: butcher knife.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's not it's not the typical machete that you're used to seeing, Jason with but yeah slices her in the leg she backs into the corner which is where jeff's body is and she just sits there and screams as he slowly walks over to her and decides he's going to stab her
0: yeah just stabs her to death which uh, again i mentioned this uh, the first movie uh, a lot of variety in weapons going on like we've already had uh, barbed wire ice pick machete Spear, <laughs> butcher knife. I think a pitchfork comes into play later. Like yep. uh, he, yeah, he's, uh, he's uh, pretty versatile with what he likes to kill people with. Jack of all trades. Yeah, he and doesn't. He doesn't J- favor
1: Jason, Jason of all
0: trades. He doesn't want to be pigeonholed in any type of weapon. Right, he'll kill you with anything. At this so, point, I think they cut back to uh, the party in town. Right. Yep, yep. They decide to wrap it up, head home.
1: You see, Paul and Ginny, yeah, decide that they're going to go home. Of course, there's a thunderstorm going on.
0: Yeah, that's the best time for stabbing.
1: (laughs) And, uh, yeah, they tell Ted that, you know, as soon as the bar closes, he needs to get back home. As it looks like he's got, like, 20 beer bottles stacked up in front of him, that he needs to drive the truck home. So they're promoting drunk driving. For sure. But Ted says, yeah, I'll have whoever drive the truck back to the camp and bring me back out there. But then he decides he's going to ask the old people after um, after they leave, after Paul and Ginny go out just to take off in her shitmobile, uh, if there's any after-hours places around. And they say, of course there are. So sounds like Ted is not going to go straight back to the camp after he gets done.
0: He's gonna go find some ladies. Everybody else is uh, on the verge of getting some, except for Ted.
1: Yeah, Ted didn't have any real options. There wasn't another
0: ginger there. He was odd man out. Yep. Yeah, Ginny and Ginny uh, and Paul, they get back to uh, they get back to camp in the storm. Kind of kind of odd. They think that they can't find anybody. Like nobody's around.
1: All the they... lights are on, but nobody's home.
0: Yep. They start peeking around. They go uh, upstairs to where Sandra and Jeff were boning. The bodies are gone, but they do see blood in the bed. So, like, now they're worried, of course. They're on edge. Obviously, there's no power because it's a storm. That's what always happens. And, uh, like, they're they're poking around. Like, I guess, what is the living room? One of the main rooms? And Jenny's like, "Uh, there's someone here with us. And, uh, like, Paul gets jumped by, uh, are we just calling him Jason? Burlap sack wearing mask man?
1: Potato sack Jason.
0: Potato sack Jason jumps Paul. They have, a like, a struggle on the floor. Again, it's supposed to be too dark for Jenny to, to really see what's happening, who's winning. She's just like, Paul? Paul, are you okay? But it turns out uh, only mask man... Potato mask, potato sack. Jason gets up, and Ginny starts running for her life.
1: Yeah, eventually, yeah, she just continuously runs, and of course, it's it's a very similar um, event to what happened at the end of the first one. It is between Alice and Pamela Voorhees. So she's running all over. Eventually, she gets back to her cabin, and she grabs the chainsaw, which. I do remember her actually taking it after she got done chopping the log. She she chainsawed the log piece of the pine log off, handed the handed the, the piece of the log to, <laughs> to Ted make hot to use dogs. for cooking. <laughs> and she takes the chainsaw back and puts it in her in, in her closet in her room. <laughs> which made zero sense at the time, but now okay, yes. Jason's coming after her with a pitchfork. She decides she's gonna get the chain. She's got a chainsaw. I forget how, because she. I mean, she gets the chainsaw started and and is going after him with the chainsaw.
0: Right, she's got him on the ropes for like four seconds or something.
1: She did catch him in the arm with the chainsaw too, because she had, <laughs> she got blood all over and everything. I forget why she put the chainsaw down or if, if she thought she had killed him or what, but
0: <laughs> it is a dumb move. Like, I don't know if it broke. Cause yeah, they weren't real clear on what, uh, what the problem with the chainsaw is. but yeah, then she immediately goes for a chair, hits him with a chair. Of Go course he WWE
1: goes, style.
0: yeah, folding him, a... uh, <laughs> hit him with a folding chair. He goes down, of course, and uh, it's the classic move, like, well, he's he's down and out, time to get out of here. But of course, he's not down and out. Yeah, she goes.
1: Yeah, she goes to start her car. The car won't start. Surprise, surprise. Then he walks around the car and actually starts stabbing through, starts stabbing the pitchfork
0: through the roof. Because it's a and convertible, so he's coming through the canvas top.
1: Reaches, yeah, reaches through to try to unlock the door which then she in turn kicks the door open and knocking him over and gets out, runs away, runs off into the woods, and eventually has uh, her own little low-speed chase there because she ends up also at the ramshackle cabin. And uh, she is trying to find a place to hide because she also knows that that Jason, potato sack Jason, is, is on his way there. And she gets into the room where she finds what the what the sheriff saw before he got the claw hammer to the back of the head, uh, which was Jason's mom's head on an altar with with her sweater. And it was basically a an altar of worship to his mom.
0: Yeah, like a shrine. Yeah, it's candles. It's her severed head, her sweater. From the first movie. And. Uh, <laughs> she gambles here. Ginny. Ginny tries to play a little psychological warfare. Which I guess is quick thinking. I wouldn't have came up with this plan.
1: It was pretty quick thinking. She dons the sweater. And starts pretending to be Jason's mom.
0: And, ordering and, him around. Yeah. And it. in it
1: is working
0: yeah like you're a good boy jason you don't need to to kill anymore mommy has a reward for you
1: and and up until the point where she steps slightly to the side to where then jason can see the severed head of his mom uh it, it it is it is working but as soon as he sees that severed head he knows that it's not his mother and Starts goes back on the attack. Uh he does stab her in the leg and uh gives her a pretty good cut in there. Then you see the return of Paul. And Paul like shoulder tackles Jason to the ground and they head back to the cabin. And at one point too, they he, they're pretty sure that he's dead. They're pretty sure because they they Stabbed him with a pitchfork or something.
0: Yeah, like while they were struggling in uh, Jason's hut, uh, while Paul and Jason were struggling, Jenny, like yeah, stabbed him with something. It, it, it wasn't real clear what it was, but yeah, he got a good stabbing, and then they just run out of there. Oh wait, no, not before they uh, they pull the the set mask off of him, and they don't show his face, but they show their reaction to his face, and they're like, oh, god, yeah, and then they then they get the hell out of there. Go back to the main cabin. Uh, they're, they're, of course, pretty shaken up. They're in the main cabin. They're, like, crying. They uh, they kind of hear a noise at the front door, so they arm themselves. They grab, like, pitchforks and stuff.
1: Yeah, jenny has got the pitchfork that had broken earlier. It was a short-handled pitchfork. And so she's got it, and she's laying on the bed, and she's, like, the worst defensive position you could have. <laughs> And Paul has the rest of the handle of the pitchfork, and he's going over to the door to see what's going on, and he quickly opens up the door, and it's
0: the dog. Muffin is back. Muffin didn't die earlier. It was a different animal's corpse. Yay. Yay. And they're like, oh, Muffin. They're so relieved. We can't wait to tell Terry if we ever see her again. (laughs) <laughs> we've never
1: seen again.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, you know, as they're briefly relieved that it was just muffin at the door uh, from behind Jenny, Jason smashes through like the, the giant window, grabs her. They show his face. He kind of looks like uh, like sloth a bit from Goonies. Yeah. Like deformed mutant face. Kind of
1: definitely looks like a uh, toxic Avenger meets sloth.
0: Yeah, or Toxic Avenger. So for people who want to know uh, what he looks like, spoiler alert, <laughs> spoiler alert from 41 years ago. But yeah, he grabs Jenny from behind, and then they just uh, cut to the next day. Jenny's being put on a like stretcher in and into an ambulance, just yelling for Paul, like Paul, where, where's Paul? Then they cut to Jason's mom's head in the shack. Then they roll credits.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it, was a, it was an odd ending.
1: I was half expecting those eyes to open up at the end when they were cut to her severed head on the altar.
0: I did, too, to the point where, like, it didn't happen and I rewound it and watched it again because I was so sure they were going to open up. I'm with you, man. <sighs> so, Random thoughts
1: uh again you have your typical quality control issues um that i hate to see in movies but i see in every movie's got them i mean that's just that's just the way things are that's not gonna ever change they can be pointed out with things like that but um scott was an asshole um Probably, I, th- I think my favorite death though was the
0: sheriff. <laughs>
1: like just getting the claw hammer to the back of the head was pretty. Yeah, sweet. the uh,
0: and the shitty pursuit scene where he's just like ricocheting off of every tree. Yeah, <laughs> randomly chases some guy through the woods. Yeah, I'll go with the. Uh, I'll go with wheelchair mark. <laughs> After he gets he gets killed, and then it's just dead body rolls down the the ramp towards the lake. I'll assume.
1: <laughs> I I did I did very much enjoy that too. That actually made me laugh when I saw that.
0: But yeah, I, I I
1: still think the sheriff was my favorite my favorite death.
0: That was a good one. I'll uh you you touched on it briefly. It 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 had the same sort of flow as the first movie. And maybe they probably all have this same sort of flow, right? Where they're like, most of the deaths are all in secret. And then there's one person who ends up being the the survivor. Eventually they, you know, they finally realize that like everyone they know has been murdered. And then there's a uh, conflict at the end.
1: Yeah. <laughs> half hour chase scene between you know like so there's there's the half hour of introduction and character building then there's a half hour of death and then there's the half hour conclusion of of one person narrowly escaping multiple times
0: (laughs) yeah while uh managing to fight off jason and, and barely live yeah what do you think uh I did not remember the burlap sack mask at all. Did you?
1: This is the first time I've seen this movie. Okay. The only reason that I knew it was a potato sack mask though was that that's
0: what Brian told me it was. <laughs> and your thoughts on the mask. Did you like it? I always pictured the you know, the traditional hockey mask. So it that's it's
1: coming up in part three.
0: Yeah. So this it this felt weird, but like I kinda like the mask and you know, it was it was still scary in a way. Uh,
1: again, my thought goes back to the whole thing of, like, did they have any sort of plan to make this into a, you know, 10 to 12 part slasher film right. series when they started with this? Because I don't think they did. And then they found, you know, the they found they found their footing in part three with the with, with the hockey mask, and then that caught on well enough that, you know, because obviously the first movie had to do well enough to create a sequel, and the second yeah. movie had to do well enough to create a third one. But then by the third one, they really found their footing with, you know, the the killer. So now, instead of having this half mutated, um, you know, somewhat young adult because I mean at, at at this point you know because I don't even know what how many years had passed since J, you know since Jason had drowned to when the first movie took place right and, and so you know I mean like again this guy supposedly drowned but now he's running around killing people You know, so it's like it just it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But my thought is is they had zero idea that this was going to be (laughs) nearly as as influential and popular as it was when they even when they filmed that first one and even the second one.
0: Yeah, it probably caught him off guard because yeah, he went from drowned to uh, they gave some uh, some explanations. They're like, you know, the the rumor is he. You know, he, he survived and he's just been living in the forest and, you know, saw his mom die. And now he's uh, just an adult living out there off the land.
1: <laughs> but that doesn't explain the end of the first one where it was the youngish boy that pulled Alice into the lake.
0: Right. I'm sure it's just a <laughs> half-ass explanation to, to keep the series running. Right,
1: right, exactly. So... That was my biggest thing about it. Um,
0: Did you have a favorite character? Mm, Probably. uh,
1: I would say probably the.
0: Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Again, as usual, they're just empty, shallow character is designed to be murdered i'll go with the uh, i'll go with terry just because she was hot and her shirts were too small <laughs> <laughs> and she went skinny dipping
1: i i mean the those three things definitely helped out a lot as far as a favorite character but i was looking beyond just the physical appearance right. uh, i mean ted was
0: annoying but he didn't die That's true. He never came home, did he?
1: Nope. He never made it back to the camp. You you never... After he asked if there were after-hours places, you never saw him ever again.
0: That's weird. Yeah, they just never... uh, They never closed out his story.
1: Well, they never closed out Terry's. They never closed out Ted's. You know, I mean... There's no indication that Terry died. But yeah, her clothes were definitely way too small. And, uh... She enjoyed skinny dipping.
0: Yep. Yeah, and she didn't. She didn't mind shutting Scott down. No, no. Vicky may also be my favorite. Just so how because of how aggressively she went after Mark. <laughs>
1: yeah, she knew what she
0: wanted, and she was gonna gobble him up, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but he was in training. <laughs> yeah, that was his excuse for everything. I can't. I'm in training. Can't have beer, no weed, <laughs> no women.
0: Well, this one was a uh, let's see, six out of ten on I would IMDb. Agree with, yeah.
1: I would agree with that.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was all right, almost almost an exact clone of the first one, except uh, now it's adult Jason instead of the mom.
1: Yep. And I think with that, we will put the machete into this film and call it good.
0: Let me ask, did you ever play the video game on the NES? I did. That game was fucking impossible. Yeah, hard as hell.
1: I I don't, to tell you the truth, I don't even know what the point of it was. (laughs) Because, again, I mean, we would have, you know, at the time that it came out, we would have been, what, seven, eight years old? I had never seen the movies for it I just knew that they were scary movies and they came out with a video game for it and and honestly I don't know that there was ever any uh figuring out what the point of the game was but yes we did rent it from main attractions back in the day
0: yeah the only thing I remember from the game but yeah was that it was hard as hell and you could get Jason's mom's sweater and put it on and then like he wouldn't attack you or something
1: Which obviously you saw in this this film here, but.
0: Yeah, yeah. so I kind of want to. I think I have it on an emulator on my computer. Maybe I'll give it a. Maybe I'll fire it up and see how that goes.
1: Well, if you don't, I have the full set of emulators for both the Nintendo. I think I have the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, and Sega Dreamcast. Yeah. Uh, Somebody that I used to work with was kind enough to give me all of those emulators. Yeah, man.
0: I. I love going back and trying some of these old school games that I remember being hard as hell and seeing if I can uh, make any better progress now that I should be older and wiser and better video game player.
1: And and actually, I also do know I have a modded Xbox that has all of those games on it. <laughs> An original mod, modded Xbox.
0: Well, I, we should both play it and see if, uh, maybe not beat it, but see if it's still any good or shitty or what. <laughs>
1: Sounds like a plan to me.
0: Well, as uh, as you may or may not be able to expect, uh, we're going to go to Friday the 13th Part 3 next week.
1: And I don't know if this one has any sort of fancy titling or not.
0: On IMDb, it's just Part 3. This one gets a 5.6, so fans think it's uh, just slightly worse. It does uh, say 3D.
1: Well, of course, that Well, yeah, that would have been probably about the time that everything was, was
0: coming out in 3D. Sure. Uh, let's look at the cast, see if... Ginny uh... is back? I don't see anyone named Ginny yet. No, I don't think so. No, nope, yes. I don't see any returning characters in this one. So, going to be probably a whole new cast of uh, boring, generic 20-somethings who try to hook up at camp and get murdered.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Let me see if I can find this here to get the Rotten Tomatoes
0: score. Sure. And uh, we will see the, the iconic hockey mask in this one. Yep. Let me see if Jason is the same Jason. No. Is this where they bring in Kane Hodder? In part two, it is Warrington Gillette as Jason. Part three, it is Richard Brooker.
1: Okay, I know Kane Hodder plays him in a lot of the movies.
0: Does uh, our friend Brian, do you know, does he have a favorite Jason actor? I'm, um, I'm
1: most people, I'm pretty sure most of them, it's Kane Hodder.
0: Okay, we'll find out.
1: And so, yeah, this came out August 13th,
0: 1982. So they're cheering them out every year.
1: Yep. One hour, 32 minutes. Third installment of the Friday 13th series picks up a, on the day after the carnage with homicidal maniac Jason Voorhees stealing some clothes and killing a local store owner. Meanwhile, Chris and her sometimes boyfriend Rick are hosting a group of teenage friends at Chris's lake house. Despite a run-in with a local biker gang, they enjoy an amiable weekend together, that is, until Jason begins knocking off kids and bikers alike.
0: All right. And
1: there's the plot here going on. So, see some bikers dying.
0: (laughs) I'm curious to know if, uh, (laughs) like, you ever know when you watch a 3D movie that's not in 3D and you can tell it's obvious like certain parts should have been 3d i wonder if that's obvious in a 1982 movie
1: um i mean i can certainly tell you that yes there are parts because i don't know if you've ever seen jaws 3d yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or like they they've got like a severed, uh, you know, severed forearm, and it just like starts floating up towards the screen, and it's meant to be like that part would have been part that a part of it that was in
0: 3D. Yeah, yeah. but there's gonna be like I don't even know what spear tips or something.
1: I get, I guarantee you the the thing they do with 3D though too is that there's gonna be something that's like thrown. There, there's gonna be some sort of like axe or hatchet or something like that that's going to be thrown at the screen that's meant to look like it's supposed to be like coming towards you in 3d i saw i saw it the my after they rebooted all of the 3d stuff again uh starting with avatar when they went through that craze back then again i saw the uh was it my Buddy valentine 3d yeah and of course there's a part where they have the axe that is thrown. The Resident Evil movie that they did in 3D had the axe that was thrown at the screen, you know, and everything. So that's guaranteeing that's what it's going to be.
0: I can tell just watching. I've got the trailer running on uh, mute. And I can just <laughs> tell, like, it looks like maybe every murder scene was intended to be in 3D. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: There's like punching through through glass. Like, oh, that's 3D. There's a spear gun shooting at you in 3D. So, yeah, I think they're going to they're going to milk the 3D. Oh, well. Uh, So, yeah, fans, fans at home following along, tune in, watch part three. See if uh, see if we notice the same things you do. Until then, let's get uh, caught up in life. Anything anything fun going on at home? Uh, no. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I did talk to our mutual friend who
1: has postponed his vacation now, so he's not going to be in town. Um, I don't really have anything going on right now, no.
0: Hmm, it's the I, uh... time of summer. <laughs> I did. I did 15 minutes at. They called it a comedy showcase in Hudson, Wisconsin, on Saturday night. Which was uh, that was pretty fun. That was a good time. I'm now, serious. is
1: that is that the longest set you've done?
0: Yeah, in any real capacity. Yes. <laughs> at a, like a real show, it's the longest set I've done. I've done longer than a, like open mic nights. When we were thin on comics, but I don't count those as much. This okay. is the longest real set I've done, and uh, it was uh, it was successful. Successful evening. I I think I uh, I had that that crowd rolling.
1: I saw the pictures on Facebook. I was not able to make it, but hey. so the after pictures on Facebook.
0: Yeah, it was a good time. It was a fun show, and uh, everybody did really well. It was a uh, five comedian lineup. Four of us did 15 minutes, and the the closing guy did 30. And that was a, that was a fun format, kind of a little different than the the traditional show or the traditional open mic show. It was at, it was that big guys barbecue in Hudson, Wisconsin, which was a fun venue. Like it, it looks like a middle of middle of the country, uh, big ass barbecue joint. You know, they've just got a shitload of tables with, like, checkered cloths, and then they cut off half the restaurant and turn it into a showroom. <laughs> <laughs> and there are probably 50 people in the crowd, which is a solid turnout.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good turnout for a place yeah. that's not actually, you know, like an actual comedy club. Right. That's really good. I guess I did see the one thing that uh, I- I'm excited about is in September now coming up there's going to be professional wrestling is returning to the Mall of America. The local uh, independent group that puts on uh, Wrestlepalooza and uh, other events around the Twin Cities have signed a contract now to do a family-friendly show at the Rotunda of the Mall of America, so
0: I will be buying tickets for that. Interesting. so these are like local wrestling do you are they famous enough that you know them
1: uh i mean they've had people that are um famous enough you know they, like they've brought in fa- you know fairly big name wrestlers to sure. um to to the shows that they that they have had at i mean because they do two Wrestlepalooza shows a year at First Avenue, and the place is sold out. Like, it is packed in there. And, uh, like, they brought in, well, they, they, they've they had David Arquette. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think who else is. I mean, they, they've had uh, Johnny Gargano, who was just out of... Just in, just actually completed his contract for WWE. Um, they had actually his wife, Candice LeRae, has been has been at WrestlePalooza. Um, MJF has been at WrestlePalooza. Um, Scott Hall was there but didn't compete. Mm-hmm. Um, see, they had Scott Steiner there, but he again he he I guess did do a little bit of competing but was mainly there just as like a VIP kind of guest
0: sure
1: um, Chuck Taylor who's a guy for aew Colt Cabana who's been who's done stuff with aew um, uh, actually top flight six one two. they're one of the they're low they're both local guys. they are signed to aew now too. So yeah, there's been like actual, okay, famous people. Darby Allen. That's cool. Uh, Swerve Strickland. Like so, the, like they've had yeah, they've had name you know like good, you know names that you may not have recognized at this point, but they you know that you, they've had now, you can recognize now. Yeah. So it's definitely worth checking out. I, I like I said, I mean, it's Mall of America. It's like twenty minutes from my house. I'm definitely gonna go.
0: What do they charge for this event? Do you know?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I didn't. I have. I have not seen any prices that come out. I don't know
0: exactly when tickets go on sale, but it'll
1: probably be like twenty bucks.
0: I was gonna say Mall of America rotunda. Yeah. Is there even a way to ticket that? I guess I've everything I've seen there. Is usually just free.
1: It'll probably be if 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 they are they they might have like they they kind of usually have like their golden circle kind of thing where they have chairs and stuff like that that you can sit in. Um, so if if they have something like that, but I don't know, it might it might be completely free, but they might have like as like I said, they might have a VIP section or something like that. Or there would be tickets. To... <laughs> but usually with WrestlePalooza they have wrestling, music, you know, so they'll have they have a band come on and play um a few, you know, band come on and play a couple different sets of like three or four songs. And then they usually have burlesque dancing as well. But that won't happen at the Mall of America. <laughs> this has got to be a, this is a fa- family friendly show at sure. the Mall of America. So they will they will not have the burlesque dancing, I'm, I'm guessing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. I, uh, oh, I am. I also am going to be at Acme Comedy Club's funniest amateur competition on the 29th of June, which uh...
1: it is a week from tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, middle of the week. I think I get three minutes. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, don't know if it's worth anybody showing up to watch me get three minutes, but they also have a real headliner that evening. So uh, from my understanding is th- they do a lot of these shows where they have local amateurs doing three minutes as essentially the opening act for a regional headliner. Okay. And, then, uh, I, somehow they rank rank all the amateurs and the best ones, you know, keep moving on. So uh, I haven't observed one. I haven't been in one. We'll see how it goes.
1: <laughs> sure, I, yeah, kind of like a last comic standing where, yeah, if you do well, if you do well, you get to move on to the next round
0: and you right, get invited yeah. back. We'll see. If I if, if I move on, I'll let people know. For sure, no, uh, this is a good way to see if uh, I can compete with these other local amateurs.
1: Well, do you know who the? Um, I guess I'm looking here now too. Is it? Do you know who the local
0: or the headliner is? I think it's Billy Bauer. Is the name? I have to look it up. Trying to navigate their
1: website here. It's not.
0: I'm working on two. It's, uh, I'm almost positive. No, oh, no. Maybe it's Isaac Witty. Yeah. Isaac Witte. All right. Who I have heard of, but I've uh, not seen him.
1: Okay. Yeah, I see that.
0: On, uh, the, he comes on the common man program occasionally on KFAN and, uh, I guess Common also does stand-up comedy outside of Sports Talk Radio, and they met through that. So, uh, yeah, occasionally Isaac will come on and promote his material. So I've heard him there. I've never seen him in person.
1: All right. Kermit Appio is going to be there in August. I don't know who Kermit Appio is. <laughs> no,
0: the name doesn't ring a bell.
1: I was just looking at their, at their schedule of stuff, because they usually, sometimes have fairly big nights that are there too but i'm not seeing anything through september i know like i said I know tj miller was coming to was it rick bronson's house of comedy so that might be something i would be interested that's something I, I would probably be interested in going to
0: yeah i don't recognize any of these names on acme's lineup not that that means anything you know they might be fantastic or terrible I just know I haven't heard of them, yeah, and
1: I've heard of I've heard of Rosebud Baker. I just don't know where I know her from,
0: oh, yeah, I've heard of her. she's
1: uh, this she's at she's at uh, the House of comedy Thursday through Sunday, so
0: she week. was on, uh, there's a good comedy documentary called Inside Jokes on Amazon Prime. So if anybody wants to see a, uh, a documentary about <laughs> newcomers grinding it out at open mics and, uh, trying to, you know, up their game, watch Inside Jokes on Amazon Prime, that's a solid show.
1: All right.
0: And she is, I was, she was my favorite one on that documentary. So, yeah, okay, yeah. TJ
1: Miller, Friday and Saturday, August 5th and
0: 6th. August? Yep.
1: Yeah, he's solid. I forget. I I watched one of his stand up specials. I might have been on Amazon. But, uh, yeah, he's really good. see what they got i'm out through september i don't see anything to
0: nobody else catches your eye
1: Uh, well i guess david keckner is gonna be there at the end of october so yeah it's
0: one of those things like i'd love to uh see more comedians that i've never heard of in hopes that they'd be good but uh being like two and a half hours away from where i live it's it's tough to justify it <laughs> yeah
1: oh yeah for sure i definitely especially with gas at five dollars a gallon yeah man it's like me it's not so bad Like it's 20 minutes it's just that i have to be able to stay up late
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 60 bucks in gas just before before yeah. i even get the tickets to drive from duluth
1: So, well, I think we're gonna wrap up this recording here because I'm still recording this.
0: yeah, sounds good. <laughs> I know people don't need to hear us ramble about uh, comedians that we've never heard of,
1: yeah, I know Brian's che- checking to see about playing cards this weekend, but
0: yeah, I'm I'll be out this weekend,
1: yeah, well, Russ is saying, yeah, he might be down to Play some cards and Brian's to ask Sapana as well. Which, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I think I'm heading to Mora this weekend, but I don't know that I want to play cards and then go up there.
0: Sure.
1: So, but uh, yeah, I guess we will be back next week. With Friday the 13th Part 3. This is Scott the Beauty signing off for Beauty and the Geest. Where we watch bad movies so you don't have to. Bye folks.